Welcome to A Better Way Podcast with your host, Ryan Haley. Learn to excel in business God's way, where the supernatural meets the practical. Experience a better way to succeed and learn from real-life business owners and entrepreneurs who have prospered in unconventional ways. Be inspired by their true stories and realize that prayer can become your practical source of provision when you embrace walking by faith and not human sight. And now, here's your host, Ryan Haley. Hey guys, welcome back to A Better Way. This week, I have got Shoshana Buckendorf, who is from Bend, Oregon. She has a background as an interior designer, and she also very improbably through the counsel of the Holy Spirit got into land development and real estate. So Shoshana, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's a blessing to have you. Thank you. Good morning, Ryan. It's awesome to be on the show with you. Thank you for the invite. Absolutely. And I see you um, on Zoom right now. I know the audience can't see you, but you're in your beautiful ranch in Bend in a very peaceful setting. I was just at a couple of weeks ago with the creek behind you. And uh, that's a whole amazing story in itself. But uh, I wanted to kind of just jump into um, a testimony we had talked about when I was with you a few weeks ago about how you, um, through a, a difficult circumstance of losing your husband, um, being a widow and having really no clue, um, having some assets and knowing that you had some, um, you know, estates and these different things and how God just completely led you by the hand step by step into something that you had no natural wisdom or knowledge of and have been able to prosper greatly. So just take us from that beginning point of that transition where you uh, lost your husband and then the Lord led you into that incredible journey. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. Well, he is really, really good to, uh, to be there for us, you know, through everything in life. And so when I was widowed, I had uh, children that were three and five, 14 and 16, and some stepchildren that um, were in between there. And so just trying to figure out how to be a mom of young kids and teenage kids and figure out what next. And my natural default was just to get on my face, you know, get on the, get on the carpet with my Bible and a journal and just ask, what do I do now? And so I would just spend time and I'd empty me out thoughts and feelings. And then I would get into worship and in the word. And then I would just listen for the voice of God, where to go in the word and what, what he was saying off the pages. And during that prayer time, I would get things and put them on a page. And one of the things that was on my heart was to get a real clear understanding of all of the assets, especially the bare land and make sure that I understood all the zonings. And if there was any vulnerabilities to environmental issues because some stuff was going on with some neighbors and it could impact our land. And I didn't want to end up with really expensive deer winter range. (laughs) So I wanted to make sure I preserved the building rights on anything, even if it wasn't the exact timing of when I wanted to do something with that land. So I just felt prompted by the Lord to go down to the, the county and just get all my information about each of the properties. And one of the properties that I had was a 32 acre parcel that was within six miles of the city limits. It was 360 degree views and, but it involved some cinder reclaimed um, uh, in the surface of it. And it had a lot of different overlays and it was very sensitive and we were going to build our dream home there. And so I wanted to make sure I protected that. And so it had uh, deer winter range, cluster housing, surface mining, view corridor, and, um, and it was on a cinder butte. And so there was some issues with power, water, all that, 
you know, access. And um, so I needed to go do my homework. And God was very faithful and provided a believer who worked for the county who just talked with me real straightforward, got me equipped and had support for me in uh, what I was going through. And really, I just wanted to preserve what had been left for our family. And um, my late husband, Mike Hermeling, uh, was a very excellent businessman and was walked in wisdom and diligence. And so I didn't want to um, forfeit anything that he had worked hard for with his life investment and uh, protect that for his family. So started out with that and there was just a, a real supernatural flow of dominoes that began to fall as I kept following that still small voice, uh, just seeking him about that. And so one of the things that was um, said to me, what the Lord told me to have the perk test holes dug on the top of this on top of this property. And simultaneously, there was a very wealthy man who owned a very large company. And he was a, a you know, big dog power guy. And he was in Bend on Aubrey Butte. And he looked over and saw that Butte and he wanted to know who owned it. And so he sent his agent to find out. And he was in the process of negotiating and purchasing the 20 acres next to me that was under big exposure for environmental issues because the guy that owned it before was trying to get stuff done that was edgy. And um, so I was contacted and uh, right at the same time, I was being told to do the perk test holes. And so I did have the guy come and dig the holes. And um, one moment snapshot in there is that God actually told me the name of the excavator to call, which was quite interesting. His name was Terry Fiddler. He was very famous in the area for doing excellent work and, so I called him and I said, hey, you know, I need to have some perk test holes dug. And he goes, yeah, I'm about 30 days out. So where's your property? And, and I told him where it was. And he says, oh, I'll just be there in the morning. I just delivered my backhoe across the street today from there. So I'll be there in the morning and, and uh, come and dig the holes. And I had gone up there and prayed and put sticks marking X's where God showed me to because it was sketchy dirt with, with cinder. You have to have really good soil to get your septic approval. <laughs> and uh, so... He went up there, and of course, you don't tell somebody who's been doing excavation for 30 years where to dig. So I just kind of crossed my fingers, and he hit a few of those spots, and and we had septic approval. But he got off of his backhoe, and he said, I don't know where all this soil came from. He said, I have been doing this for 30 years, and I've never seen this interview have this kind of soil. I could have swore you were going to have to put in a sand filter system or whatever. So just the favor began, but those holes triggered a worry for that rich man next door and he was worried about who was going to build what next to his land and so he sent his agent to come and see if I would sell and I met with them and they offered me $14,000 for the 32 acres with two building sites and I said where'd you come up with your comparables and $14,000 for 32 acres of land and two building sites yeah and I said so you know and, and I knew his agent I had done some stuff with him before for some um tech company stuff and um, space and getting it ready for people. But anyway, so I said, where did you come up from with your, with your comparables? And he said, well, there's this Cinder Butte out of East of town and, you know, and it's actually a riding arena where people take riding lessons. And my daughter happened to take riding lessons there and he was describing it. And I said, you know, Eric, I said, if you look at their land and it was your hand, their cinder pit that they would need to reclaim would be the entire palm of your hand. But the property that we're discussing, if 
if the property we're discussing where your hand, it's a thumbnail and it's off to the side and it's not in any of the zoning targets for where you actually would build. And so it's a non-issue. And you've got 360 degree views within six miles of the city limits. And there's two building sites. And so unless you can come up with an amount of money that makes me listen, we're done talking because I've got to look these kids in the eyes 10 years from now and know that I did the best that I could with what their father left. And through a series of divine events, um, coming up with comparables and appraisals and things, God would just direct my steps. So I knew what my value actually really was at that point. It just kind of made me want to really know. And so I knew they were going to come back with a counteroffer and I needed to know what I would and wouldn't do. And so one of the things that happened is I called the appraiser that I'd always worked with and um, he wasn't doing uh, public work at that time. He was just doing private investments for his own portfolio, but he gave me a referral. And he also told me uh, that there would be another guy for land use that I should talk to. And so it ended up working out where the guy that he referred was a real estate agent who had just walked my property and had the dirt on his shoes from the day before when he was looking at it as a comparable for the neighbor on the other side who just happened to be being transferred to the coast with his work and they were going to be listing his property for sale. And so he was totally familiar with my land and knew all about it, gave me all the information that I needed and why the value would be there. And um, so I was able to prepare for my meeting with the gentleman and have my values there. And so it ended up a little bit of an evolution where I ended up with three buyers that ended up buying that land. It wasn't just one buyer. The guy up top just really wanted to buffer his property. He didn't want to build anything more. So I ended up doing a lot line adjustment with him, having him compensate me for the loss of a building site as far as the preferred location. I kept two building sites, but I lost a premier spot. So I had to make the best of it out of the other spot that I moved it to. But I did a lot line adjustment, and then I did um, reconfiguring of a lot so that I could uh, keep it a legal lot of record because one of the lots was 2.4 acres and the other one was 29 some acres. And so I had to make sure that I kept everything legal lot of record. I ended up getting septic approval on everything. I, uh, his power was being put in on his site and the ditches were open. And I thought, you know, this makes sense to do a, a power box. You just do a transformer box there and put power there so that when we do build the sites or sell the sites, whatever we decide to do that, we don't have to bring the power all the way up from the bottom of the hill through a bunch of rocks. So I went to investigate that. It turned out that it was right on the um, territory shift for the two power companies, Pacific Power and Central Electric Power. And he had Central Electric and mine was on Pacific Power. And I was going to have to bring my power all the way from the bottom of the hill at the street. And so I went to the power companies. I said, hey, you know, here's my scenario. Would you be willing to let me be in your territory and relinquish, you know, out of, out of the other company. And the two companies agreed to let me do that. And it had never been done in the history of those two companies before, which was really funny. That's the favorite done right there. I just, just favorite. Yeah. And, um, and uh, so, you know, bit by bit, everything took place between realtors, appraisers. In fact, when I was first figuring out the, the building sites of where to actually put the sites and protect the housing, um, I was driving my kids to school, to a little Christian school one morning, and I was praying, and I felt prompted to go in this really nice development. So after I dropped the kids off, I went back in, and I was expecting there was a reason why I'm feeling drawn to go here. I actually heard 
God in my heart say, I want you to turn in here. So I went in, not sure what the whole agenda was going to be, ended up finding the developer that was there. And it turns out he was the top award for land configuration in the city. And so I ended up uh, getting him as the appraiser. When I called the appraiser, he said, you know, call Kevin Ray and he'll, he'll line you out on all your overlays. So I got to hire him knowing he was excellent and he helped me with all my building site spots so that I knew my stuff. And um, I ended up having a great connection with a realtor uh, that ended up representing the different transactions for me. And we went from one buyer offering 14000 to three buyers, a 1031 exchange, them paying paved road, me having power, driveway easement, all of the things ready to go for any buyers for $750,000, you know, walk, walk away and start my life in another spot. And because it was a from an initial offer of the whole property of the 32 acres of $14,000 and through due diligence and a series of spirit led divine appointments going from 14,000 to $750,000 for the property. Yeah. And what was really neat about it is the, the 1031 exchange then allowed me to take every penny of that and put it into like kind investments. So I ended up getting, you know, the duplexes and the ranch and the additional house on the ranch. And so I ended up with four rentals that were income producing properties and a nice place for my kids that had a great view, close proximity to town. I didn't have to, you know, put in lawns and, and fencing and all that. Cause I wanted to have horses and I didn't lose two years of my life with my little kids needing their mom doing land development. So I was able to just walk through the transactions and walk into what God really did have for me and just be really, really blessed. It was like an elevator ride for the investment on it from, you know, what I was currently holding to what cashed out. And so it's very humbling and, and, uh, and exciting to know that God is, is with you, even when you're at the table with somebody who's a very shrewd business person, and he'll give you what to say and give you what to do and give you the support people who are on their level of excellence that will let you be able to speak from a place of knowledge that they know that what you're saying is factual and it gives them the ability to know that they can't really push back um, or they can try, but you know that you're not going to you know, believe it. So it's just That's amazing. I, I think that just because um, number one, uh, you know, you had really no clue. You knew that your husband had some holdings and that he was successful businessman, but you really didn't have any, idea any of the particulars and so through the empowerment and this is something i want the listeners to get is that sometimes when you are way over your head you don't know your right from your left through the guidance and wisdom of the holy spirit you can supernaturally just completely jump way beyond your level of knowledge authority wisdom and um combined with the favor of god have um, an ability to negotiate and conduct business at a way higher level than your human uh, abilities would afford you through the wisdom and counsel of God. And then another thing that that really strikes me about this testimony is that, you know, we read a lot in the Bible about how God has a special place in his heart for the orphan and the widow and how that's something that he really has on his heart that, you know, usually when we hear that in, in my experience, the context is more, you know, other people supporting, you know, the, the, the orphan and the widow through, um, you know, generosity and kind of love offerings and stuff. But that's 
you know, that God is not limited in any way he can provide. And in this case, he absolutely provided abundantly beyond what you could ask or imagine, but not through people just giving you money through, you know, offerings or tithes or, you know, generosity, but through providing for you by giving you the knowledge, ability, wisdom, and divine connections to pull something off that there's no way you could have possibly foreseen. And I mean, we talk about going from $14,000 to $750,000. And then also for those who aren't familiar, a 1031 exchange is a tax code in the IRS that allows you to completely avoid all taxes for the sale of uh, a property that would have a huge capital gains tax associated with it. So not only were you able to push the value up orders of magnitude from the starting point, but then not only did you not have to pay taxes on that, you got to parlay that into four different rental properties that were income producing as well as assets that appreciate. And now you've got this beautiful home that I'm looking at right here in the camera. And um, I, I just think um, it's so important. Uh, your, your story to me really highlights the um, importance and the benefit of listening to God in just those little steps from getting up, having the, you know, that one day, that kind of unction that, you know, you know what, I need to like go to the county and figure out, uh, I want to kind of, you know, know the state of my flocks, so to speak, in my right. herd. In this case, your flocks and herds being your assets and your land holdings. And, um, and then knowing exactly who to call, getting the number of that excavator who just quote unquote happened, even though he's 30 days out because of the location of your property, he happens to be able to do it the very next morning. The soil is way beyond, he couldn't imagine that that would even be you know, the readings that you would get. And then another series of buying appointments where you get the right appraiser, the right realtor, everything lines up. And, um, you know, the Lord really does. Yeah, absolutely. He really does take a step by step and there's no detail too small or too large for him to get involved with, because if it's important to you, it's important to him. And he can also see around the corners that we can't. And you had another uh, testimony we spoke about before we started recording of um, kind of at that same period in time, this is around uh, late the late 90s, early 2000s, where as this was going on, you had another thing that didn't make sense to you at the time. And God gave you basically an incredible um, insight into something. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, that story and how that parlayed into the, the testimony? Sure, absolutely. So um, a, a time came when I was hearing God say, I want you to liquidate your uh, residue out of this one particular mutual fund that I had uh, that was a, a leftover from some stuff that I'd received as a widow. It wasn't the main account for the estate, but it was it was a, a separate account. And he wanted me to liquidate that, and he wanted me to buy real estate with it. And I happened to be working at a realtor's office as a personal assistant and had, had seen some properties that he was prompting me, this is what I want you to buy. And I happened to have a relationship with a really neat uh, investor who was a believer. And I said, you know, if, if you were to invest right now, would you be buying duplexes or would you be buying mutual funds? She goes, oh, definitely mutual funds. And I said, what if, what if you hear God tell you you're supposed to liquidate your mutual funds and buy this particular property? And she goes, well, you got to do if God's speaking it to you. So anyway, I ended up obeying that, bought the duplex, and right after that, 9-11 happened. And so that account would have been under huge stress and may not have survived through that gauntlet. And instead, I had a tangible physical asset that I was able to let appreciate for a period of time. Went through that rough period where values dropped in my rentals. My rents weren't as high as they could have been and whatnot, but still had a tan tangible physical asset. And as the market began to recover, people who had deep pockets and were waiting for things to bottom out so they could buy real estate 
um, just as that was just starting to recover, people were looking for my specific properties. I wasn't wanting to sell anything, but went into a time of trouble where discovered that our trustee had been doing some dishonest things and I ended up taking him to court and he was removed as trustee and some disclosure happened and um, found out that he hadn't been paying some things to the IRS and that, that he had sold some millions of dollars of buildings and not paid capital gains. And even though I was debt free and had assets that were paid for, uh, the IRS saw that that's where the, you know, where they could get their money. And so they attached to my assets for a little over $500,000. And that was after we were able to get some mercy on some things. And I was like, man, what am I going to do? And uh, so I went, I, I had a couple of different realtors give me current market analysis on them to see what was the current values were and what was best selling and what the mar market was bearing. And I went to each of the properties and I was pulling weeds and praying, <laughs> kind of in essence, laying hands on them. And when I went to this one property, it was a duplex that I had uh, there was a for sale sign next door and the guy that built them had built several different ones there. And I had bought one and had some upgrades put on it. And so I went to my neighbor and I said, Oh, so you're selling, huh? She goes, yeah, actually it sold. It sold in five hours and it uh, for 10,000 more than the asking price. And I said, Oh, what'd you end up selling it for? So at the end of the day, I knew what I could sell that for and what, you know, what they were going for. And so it's that night I have a really good comp for your property since it was right next door to it. Absolutely. Yeah. It was the most current, and so that night I happened to go to a gathering with some friends and I was going to talk to this man that was there and just kind of run my scenario past him because he was a little unnerving with the IRS coming after your assets. And he was a very successful man in every way of life. And uh, we were visiting and his kids came over and I said, hey, and they're just newly married. And I said, hey, you guys, how you doing? And they said, oh, we're looking to buy a, a duplex. <laughs> I said, really? I said, well, and he had lived in, in that house with my son at one time in his history. And I said, would you guys be interested in, in buying Hardy Road? And he goes, oh man, that's the desire of my heart. That's the home of my dreams. And so we ended up negotiating what that sale price was to the neighbor and just taking the realtor fee out of it. And boom, it was done. And we agreed at the escrow office and put it together. And so I was able to use that money to appease the IRS and get back out of the pressures. But I mean, I'm telling it calmly, but I was on my face sweating bullets for quite a bit of that because, you know, I wasn't sure that it was all going to plan out that way, but God did. I was a little angry when I had to sell the asset after I'd already lost through some of the choices that were going on with that um, executor. And, um, but then God reminded me, remember that day when I told you to liquidate the mutual fund and to buy that property? And I said, yeah. He said, did I have the right to do that knowing this was coming? I said, yes, you did. <laughs> you covered me. So, you know, um, he, he knows when to add to the picture and, and when we need to let something go and not keep holding that particular thing for the reason that he brought it in. And so all I can say is that he was really faithful. And if he hadn't led me like that, I don't think it would have turned out that same way. Yeah. You know, that's so amazing. You talk about, you know, when everybody's saying, oh yeah, get into mutual funds, the world's going this way and God's telling you to do the exact opposite. And of course, nobody could have seen 9-11 coming and the you know crazy drop in the stock market and asset prices and all those things. But like we talked about before, when you're following the leading, the leading and guidance of the Holy Spirit, he will direct you in your paths in a way that may not make sense at the time, <clears throat> excuse me, at the time, <clears throat> but will make sense later. And so not only do you cash out pretty much at the top of the market, right before things bottomed out, you were able to then take those proceeds and, and that led to increase. And even though there was a, an incredible injustice with the, you know, 
um, shady dealings of this executive your estate and the trust and getting hit with a $500,000 unexpected tax bill from the IRS because God knew ahead of time and saw that coming. He had you do a counterintuitive decision to, to exit when everybody would think, you know, this is a time to get in. And then to parlay that just at the right time and happen to go talk to that one gentleman and realize, you know, that they were looking at a place and you had the cop for it. And so again, all these things just align perfectly and um, you just can't even make this stuff up. You know, God sees things that we could never think. And, you know, it makes no sense. But I, you know, I come back to this a lot in First Corinthians one twenty five. Paul says, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. And, uh, you know, here you are recently widowed, no idea what's going on. All these, all this market upheaval and all these different moving parts. And God was so faithful to take um, what you had. And, um, you know, he always leads us into increase. And so I just love how uh, this truly is a story of where the supernatural meets the practical, your faith in God, your ability and willingness to hear from him and trust him uh, when it doesn't make sense. And then seeing the practical bottom line results that, that came out of that is just such a, a incredible testimony of uh, not only God's uh, goodness and faithfulness, but also, um, you know, just simply our willingness in the new covenant, our work is to believe. That's what it simply comes down right. to believing in Jesus, right. his finished work and through your belief and your trust be developed through that intimacy and in your relationship with him, seeing these incredible land deals. And then, you know, you throughout this interview, um, you know, I'm somewhat familiar with real estate, but you're talking about a lot of details, especially when it gets into development and these kinds of things that are so nuanced have so many complicated interactions and you were able to really just uh, roll with that and, get to a point that you never would have, you never would have imagined and conduct yourself at a high level with these very savvy people that could have probably taken advantage of someone else who didn't have that, you know, divine wisdom and knowledge. And, uh, I just, I love, um, I love that story of the testimony, but, um, even more than that behind it, you know, one of the things you've said multiple times is, you know, really this is for your family. This is for a legacy and inheritance. And that you talked about, you know, in that first um, example, when you get the $14,000 offer, you've got to look your kids in the eye later and uh, be accountable for how you stewarded their inheritance. And to me, that's a big thing that um, has come up a lot in our conversations is how this is not just money, uh, you know, for the sake of making money, but there's a purpose and there's a family and generational inheritance aspect to this whole thing. <laughs> and it's, um, it, there's always a purpose beyond, you know, just the, the money and the wealth. And God wants us to be prosperous. He wants us to have a good life. And, and there's always a, a deeper backstory behind that. And so I just love Shoshana, your heart behind this, your incredible um, diligence and uh, excellence in the way you pursued this. But uh, even more than all that, the way that God had his, you know, divine overlay to all of these things. And, you know, here you are now happily married since then with to an amazing man who, um, I got to meet, uh, when, when I came there a couple of weeks ago and, um, I'm just so, so blessed and excited for what God's led you through to this point. And I'm also excited for what's coming up in the future. And so I wanted to take this time as I always do at the end of the podcast to, um, let you go on the record right now, making a declaration of faith, speaking forth those things that are not as though they are and have something on the record. So what are some things that you're believing for in your business and or your personal life that you want to speak forth and that I'm believing fully will have another testimony to come later. Thank you for that offer to make that on the record. I think that's great. 
Well, it's twofold, like you say. Um, one of them is the divine call that people have on their life, and the other one is the, the after you step off the earth, what will go down to the third and fourth generation from the impact of your life. And um, so definitely calling in the losses and the gains that would have been attached to those losses combined um, from, you know, the devil have to release that out of his grip and how he stole and he has to return it because God's word says he has to. So for a global um, comment and declaration here that, you know, the, the enemy territory, the kingdom of uh, the devil has to return to me everything that was stolen in his attempt to take advantage of me and my naivety and use different uh, sources and people to try to get that done. So I'm calling that back in. And for the other part of it is, you know, before the foundation of the world, God wrote a book about my days and he knew that I would shift from um, just doing interior design to doing land development and, and that I would cut, get, get my experience starting that with just my dependency on him. But then to see that if I would continue to walk with him in that same dependency, that he would use that, that tendency and gifting that he gave me to do development for the sake of the kingdom. So it's really about legacy development on both sides of that. And so that can be, you know, it was a variety of development with the estate. It had everything to do with timberland and commercial property and industrial stuff and real estate and retail and uh, um, residential and multiple housing, all different kinds of flavors of things were in that palette in my learning. And um, there's been additional things since then, but just because of him saying, this is what I walked you through when you trusted me. And now I want to take that and do it for my kingdom. I want to take it past your private portfolio and I want to take it into whatever it is that I show you. So whether it's housing for Karis Bible College or whether it is, you know, other developments for something that God wants done. It doesn't matter if he wants an industrial building where there's something being produced that's going to create revenue, that's going to fund the kingdom worldwide in some way. Um, it's, you know, assets for allocation really is what it is. And when you think about housing for the students at Karis, you think about, um, he spoke to me prior to going to school there when I went to the business summit and he said, I myself am bringing people from the four corners of the world to sit them at my feet and to tell them who they are and to tell them who I really am. And with the knowledge of those two things, they will be world changers and they will fulfill the great commission. And I want housing for them. And so in that statement, God declared his own intention of faithfulness that he was going to wrap his, um, faithfulness in a tangible form of housing around them because as as they're hearing his voice the way that I heard his voice it's on him to make sure he's got a place for them if he's Amen. calling him Amen. And so I don't know what my part in that is I have to trust him to drop my name in where that goes and to let me be a part of how he wants to express himself through me in that I know he's got a lot of faithfulness behind it so I commit that to him but that's an example of what that might look like as far as legacy development and how he'd want to take my dependency on him, partnering with him in development and do things he wants to see manifest in the earth. Cause we know the guy that built one more barn was a, you know, his life was required of him that night and that barn wasn't actually necessary <laughs> for his life. So unless the Lord builds a house, that's kind of a labor in vain. And so I'm looking for those projects that he wants to see come to pass in the earth. And with that, I just want to dovetail a little sweet show-off thing that God did. Um, 
I went to buy a couple of duplex or a couple of um, townhouses to turn them into vacation rentals. I really felt God was lighting, leading me to do that, but I was a little nervous about it. And I had my last day of due diligence and I had to either step up or pull my earnest money and step out. And I was praying about it. And God said, I want you to go ride your horse. And I'm like, well, I really need to hear from you about this land deal because I've got this deadline today. And he's like, I really want you to go ride your horse. I'm like, this makes no sense. <laughs> and so I was kind of pushing back a little bit. Like, I would rather stay here and hear you first and then go enjoy the ride. And the phone rings and it's the neighbor and he's a Christian. And he says, uh, God just told me you're supposed to ride your horse. Wow. And that I'm supposed to go with you. And so Buck and our daughter, Caitlin, and the neighbor and I, we all went out for a ride out back and while we were out there riding, I heard this noise, pounding sound, and I thought I better find out what's going on in my neighbor's property, see what's going on back here, and uh, rode over, and there was a man building a challenge course for this company that does um, corporate team training, and they bring people from all over the world and teach them about teamwork, and I said, hey, what you doing? He said, oh, I'm building a challenge course, and I said, oh, and I got to know him a little bit, and I said, where are you from? He said, Virginia, and I said, yeah, what do you do there? And he says, I do vacation rentals. Uh-huh. <laughs> So I got my push over the edge in my visit with that man that day and why he did it and how it played out. And it was nice because it wasn't somebody that was in my backyard that I was going to have as a competitor. It was just somebody in the industry. So that was my launch into uh, having Sweet Escapes vacation rentals, having people come from all over the world and stay in our houses. We were able to interface with people and love on them and see miracles happen and see repeat customers that became friends and believers and we were able to see miracles happen. So just really fun that even in the middle of a transaction, he can say, go ride your horse and he can confirm what he wants to say to you out in the woods on the back of your horse and pull somebody in from the other side of the nation and just make sure you know what his heart is for you. And so that's such a great uh, story. Shoshana. I've heard that so many times and experienced that in my own life where we're right in the middle of a transaction. Lord, I really need to get this done. He's saying, seems, you know, to throw a curveball that has nothing to do with this. Like, can, can we just, you know, deal with the business at hand? And he said, no, I want you to go ride your horse or whatever the example is. <laughs> Taking that time of rest, you know, like you said, uh, you made a reference to Psalm 127, one and two that says, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It's vain for you to rise up early to retire late, to eat the bread of painful labors for the Lord gives to his beloved, even in their sleep. And so many times, uh, again, that counterintuitive, seemingly illogical leading of the Holy Spirit when it's like, you know, I've got some real serious business to attend to. And in that moment, being surrendered and aware enough of his presence to follow them and then things you couldn't even make up, you know, you just, somebody calls you, confirms that word right then, then you, you know, things that you couldn't have even imagined meeting this gentleman and now getting into your vacation rentals. Like there's always that practical bottom line outflow from that time of intimacy with him and his leadings. And, um, so I, uh, I just want to summarize your declarations are number one, that the devil uh, will have to repay many times over what he's stolen, that those things are going to come back to you. And then that, uh, legacy and inheritance, whether it's uh, student housing for Karis Bible college in Woodland park, Colorado, or whatever else you're doing, that um, God is going to be able to um, bring you from glory to glory and increase to increase. And just as we finish up here, I, I want to share something I just heard from Chris Vallotton at Bethel uh, Church in Redding, California uh, yesterday. I saw it on Facebook. And he gives an example. I'd never heard this um, teaching before, but the, there's, I think most people are probably familiar with the, the parable of the talents, where a man goes away, a wealthy man, and he gives, you know, five talents to one individual gentleman. And that guy 
through trading and, you know, a, a willingness to take some risk multiplies the five talents to another five talents. So he gets 10 and eventually another one from the guy who buried his talent. And he says, see master, I took your, I took your five talents and made another five. And he says, good, well done, good and faithful servant. I'll give you, you know, I'll, you'll be in charge of things because of that. And then in another parable it's the parable of the minas. And this guy, a uh, similar story, wealthy guy gives uh, one mina, which is much less than a talent as far as it's about talents, about $30,000 a mine is about 500. And one of the guys takes one of those minas and multiplies it to 10. But what he says to the master when he comes back is, see master, your mina has multiplied another 10 minas. And so he says, well done, good and faithful servant. I will now put you in charge of 10 cities. And the point that, that Chris Vallotton made was, you know, the first guy said, I multiplied your talent to another five. And so basically through his own personal effort was faithful and diligent and able to get some, you know, pretty good results. But the other guy, it wasn't because of him necessarily. He was able to put the money to work to multiply tenfold beyond what he started with. And so the contrast is this, the guy with the minas had a revelation of how to make money multiply in a wealth ecosystem. And because of that, he wasn't just put in charge of things. He was put in charge of 10 cities. And so that's what I see with your story too, Shoshana, is that you of course had a lot in, of involvement in that personally learning a pretty steep learning curve, um, all based on God's faithfulness and guidance, but that you're learning how to take money and mo- let the money multiply as opposed to having you do all the direct, you know, effort to make that happen. And when you can figure out when you have a wisdom to be able to leverage that and multiply it, many times over, then if you can be faithful in money, which is the least in the kingdom of God, then you have mastery over it and you can be put in charge of greater things. And uh, another thing Chris Falcon says a lot is that we are in training for reigning yes. and that we are being developed so that we can be in a place of uh, authority and influence to be able to make things work. And so I'm just believing with you that um, not only are you going to get back many times over what the devil stole from you, but that because of the process that God has had you on in this journey of learning and trusting him, you're learning that skill of using money and resources to build a wealth ecosystem that is going to put you in charge of much more. So I'm believing this is the trickle before the flood. And I can't wait to hear the amazing things that God is going to do in and through you to impact not just your personal estate, which he's clearly done up to this point and will continue to do, but a much larger kingdom picture of that goes way beyond yourself. So I'm just so excited for um, the amazing testimony you've shared. And I know that people hearing this, it's going to catalyze and spark something in their heart that's going to lead them into uh, the good works that God had prepared for them before the foundation of the world. And uh, I am so excited to see um, how this all plays out. And I have no doubt there will be much more to come. So thank you so much, Shoshana, for sharing your life, your testimony, your intimacy with God above all else, and how that leads to that practical bottom line impact. So thank you so much. God bless you. And I am so excited for what is in store for you. Thank you so much, Ryan. Really, really great to get to share that. I hope it brings great encouragement to people that no matter what they're facing in life, he's got their back and he intends to bless them. Amen. Thanks for listening to this episode of A Better Way Podcast with Ryan Haley. For more information and to discover more episodes, visit abetterwaypodcast.com or search us on iTunes, TuneIn, or any of your favorite online audio sites. If you like what you hear, leave us a review on iTunes or send us an email at ryan at abetterwaypodcast.com. 
Have a suggestion for who we could interview next? Let us know on our website. Finally, A Better Way is listener-sponsored. Help us to further the message of kingdom entrepreneurship by supporting us financially. You can give online on our website, abetterwaypodcast.com. Again, thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode.